and welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details podcast. I'm Sarah. And this is Katrina. What's up? <laughs> we are a strange and slightly funny sister duo that enjoys talking about crazy stuff. Things that make you say, hmm, bizarre things, places, weird, provocative, all that good stuff. We're going to talk about it in our podcast. How are you doing today, Katrina? Can't complain. Got some good stuff for me today? Uh, always. Our little theme today is ghosts. (laughs) Ghosties and all that kind of creepy, crazy, fun stuff. So, I am going to kick it off with my first topic for the podcast, and that is 30 of the most terrifying haunted places around the world. Are you ready for this, Katrina? Uh, bring it. <laughs> That's the scary music. I'm kind of scared. I'm such a chicken when it comes to this kind of stuff. So, supposedly there are some super creepy haunted places. Oh, dear. Here we go. I got this. I might this. be myself a little. I might be myself just a little. Just be careful, okay? This is from placesyoullsee.com, and it's called 30 of the Most Terrifying Haunted Places Around the World. And then it says, um, this, what is the most haunted place in the world? Well, depending on the person, the answers can be wildly different. Some of the creepiest places are abandoned mental health institutions, while others may be haunted houses or unbelievable tales of woe that are involved with a specific location. But the number one location on this particular list of 30 is the Monte Cristo Homestead in New South Wales, Australia. Considering the amount of tragic and violent deaths that occurred here, it's little wonder that this is viewed as Australia's most haunted locale. Several people have died suddenly, accidental deaths, while others have been murdered, leading to a high paranormal activity throughout the estate and making it one of Australia's truly scary places. Hmm. I wouldn't necessarily think of Australia as having a bunch of scary places, but considering the nature of how Australia was originally populated by criminals and all that, I'm sure there was a certain element of crime that happened there and maybe some murders, so it's not completely surprising that there might be a little paranormal ghosty type activity, right? Ew. So the second location on here is the Castle of Good Hope in Cape Town, South Africa. <laughs> it has been active since the early, early 20th century. With, I'm going to turn that off. It's getting a little too scary for me. It's been active since the early 20th century. Various apparitions reported include a man who walks the ramparts and a dog that jumps on passersby. The most interesting story involves the ghost of a woman seen running through the complex crying and finally disappearing when excavations uncovered a woman's body on the premise. Ew. Right? So that is included on the list. The third one is not a surprising one. Um, The Tower of London, obviously, in London, England. Um, It dates back to 1078, where this fortress slash royal palace has had plenty of time to garner some paranormal activity since it's been around for a while. Um, Famous ghosts seen here include the headless ghost of Anne Boleyn, very scary, along with Lady Jane Grey. And two princes believed to have been murdered by their uncle Richard III in 1483. We might go over that potential case in the future. It's a real interesting one. Um, But that definitely allows for a lot of paranormal activity in the Tower of London. But I don't think a lot of people know that it used to be a royal palace. Or it was kind of like a jail um, for people that were going to be executed. So, very interesting. Uh, The fourth place on the list is the Ancient Ram Inn in Gloucester, England. But its owner testifies that the first evening he spent in the house, he was snatched out of bed and dragged across the room by some invisible entity. Mm -mm. So evidently this place looks quaint, but don't be fooled because it is considered one of the scariest places in the world. 12th century. So that sucker's a good, you know, 800 years old, 700 years old, something like that. 
forgive me if my math isn't the best. But it's bound to get some ghosties if it's that old. And a lot of these old inns and things like that seem pretty scary. Um, the number five location is the Banff Springs Hotel in Alberta, Canada. I think yes. it's a major historic hotel said to be home to several different spirits, some kindly and others more unnerving. There is a regular sighting of a spirit that is a former bellman who helps with guest baggage. Other visitors include a bride seen dancing in the ballroom and the ghosts of a murdered family. Ew, no. Yeah, it's considered super would, creepy. Would you ever stay there? Um, I think it might be interesting. I wouldn't probably stay there by myself, um, but I might stay there, you know, if I had a big, strong guy with me. Big, <laughs> 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 strong guy. To the ghost. The whole time. Yeah. But what if you had to go to the bathroom? Um, I always freak out about mirrors. I would keep the lights on. Yeah. Definitely. Who well, goes to the bathroom with the lights up? Um, some people do. My boyfriend does. Oh, he okay. goes in the pitch dark, and I don't understand. Yeah, like, I, I don't want to see my pee. I don't know how he doesn't trip all over everything else. <laughs> but um, this number six location on here is Chateau de Brissac in Maine de Lourdes. I don't even know how to say this. It's in France. Dates back to the 11th century. It's a beautiful castle, but it was also the site of a horrific double murder, resulting in the haunting of the castle by the lady in green. She obviously mm-hmm. wears a green dress, and her face has a is that of a rotting corpse. She just wanders around yeah. the, the castle moaning. So, you know. That sounds awesome. Right? Sounds very entertaining. I'm and sorry. Who knows why she's woman, moaning? If you're a, a woman ghost, you're not going to go around moaning. You're going to have a lot more to say. Uh-huh. Well, especially if she was murdered, like, yeah, there's going to be some screaming, there's going to be a little, lot of kicking, clawing, fighting, and, like, she gonna be pissed. trying to have some revenge on some folks for that, but in any case, that's the number six location. Uh, the okay. number seven is Island of the Dolls, and this one's in Mexico. I cannot even pronounce the name uh-uh. of the city. But um, in the 50s, a man moved to this island in order to be alone, only to find that it was haunted by the spirit of a little girl who drowned here decades before. And this is this is where it gets good. In an attempt to appease her, he bought countless dolls and hung them from trees. After a while, he felt that she wasn't satisfied and that she wanted him to be a ghost with her. The same day he confessed this fear to a relative, he was found dead, having drowned in the same spot she did years before. Their ghosts, right? I know I got the chills. Their ghosts can now be seen on the island, and the dolls are said to whisper as you walk past, and definitely. That's oh, super no. scary, right? Bunch that, of freaking plastic dolls everywhere. Uh, that's creepy. Super creepy, and it's Island of the Dolls, which makes uh, it even more spectacular creepy. Way, way, thanks. over the top creepy. Okay, number eight is the Sally House, and this one's in Kansas. Named after a prankish little girl who haunted it. This house also contained a far more mal- uh, malevolent spirit of a woman who escalated so much violence towards the male owner of the house that he and his family finally moved out in fear for his life. Okay. She didn't like, she didn't like, she didn't like dudes. So clearly, um, she had some bones to pick with a dude because probably a dude was the one that did some major damage to her, don't you think? <sighs> a dude probably cheated on her and made her life miserable or like killed herself. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, I've never even heard of that place, so I, I find it hard to believe that it's in the top 30, but, you know, who knows? I did spend a couple summers in Kansas with our sister, Jara, and never heard of that place. So Yeah, how come we never heard of that place? We would have went there. So, number nine is McMenon's White Eagle Saloon in Portland, Oregon, which sounds very interesting. Um, when it comes to the physical effects of hauntings, this century-old hotel and bar warrants heavy attention. Many guests have reported waking up in the middle of the night and being unable to leave their beds as if held down, as well as being shoved down the stairs. <laughs> That's right up my alley! <laughs> that sounds awesome. If it shoved them in the bushes, it would be me. Sarah, if you were a ghost, you would totally haunt me and shove me in bushes. I would shove everyone in the bushes. That would be my <laughs> idea of a good time. Oh my god, I just got shoved in a bush. Yes. And That's a those, seriously scary ghost. For those <laughs> listeners that have no idea what we're talking about, when we were growing up, unfortunately, being the big, bad, bully sister that I was, my idea of a good time was to push everyone in the bushes. So I pushed my sisters in the bushes, I pushed my friends in the bushes, and I would laugh. It's epic. I would laugh because I thought it was super funny. Maybe not so funny now. 
Um, but I was it's always, totally funny now. I don't know what you're talking but about. But I was hilarious. always pulling pranks on people. And I remember, like, my thing was to scare people, too. And I would hide downstairs or hide behind the piano or hide under beds to scare people. And I did that one time to Yvonne, who was kind of like my foster mom. And I jumped out and, like, startled her. And instead of doing what she thought, like, just be super scared, she punched me in the stomach. <laughs> she literally punched me in the stomach and knocked me on my butt. And after that, I was like, uh, I don't think I'm going to scare people anymore. <laughs> All I can say is, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I think that's why I get anxiety around bushes. Oh, please. Don't you blame that on me. Uh, anyway, getting back to our story. Um, number 10 on this list is the Edinburgh Castle in Scotland. And it says, it sits on a site with human activity dating to the Iron Age. It's little wonder that this castle has accumulated a few supernatural residents. Commonly mm -hmm. reported apparitions include a former servant of the castle, a drummer boy, minus his head, and a man who apparently perished within the castle's tunnels, making it among the most haunted places on Earth. What's up with these headless places? Uh, I don't know why people wander around as ghosties without heads. I, I really like, don't you know. You think if you're going to be a ghost, you'd at least want your head? Right? If you're going to, like, be an apparition, then you'd want to be, like, awesome looking so that, well, now I could, maybe you want to scare people. So ha not having a head would be pretty scary, right? I suppose. But I think a face would be creepier. Like a really gross face. Okay. There's something for everyone, right? I suppose. Um, I suppose. Number 11 on this list is the Akershus Castle in Oslo, Norway. we got to throw a little Norway in there. Um, it was built as a strategic fortress, used as a prison, and home to the site of Nazi-orchestrated executions. It was also a hotbed for the supernatural. Not surprising. And well, most well-known apparitions include a roped woman, and I don't even know how to say this, but it says Mal Kanisen, which supposedly is a demonic dog whose sighting results in the traumatic death of a witness a few months later. A harbinger of death, super creepy, super gross, and crazy. I wouldn't want to see that dog. Would you? No. 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 I'm good. Um, the next location on here is the old Shanghai or the old Changi Hospital in Changi, Singapore. It's been operating since the 30s, and this hospital was seized during the Japanese. Um, by the Japanese during World War II and turned into a prison and torture facility for the Japanese secret police. Many apparitions have been seen there, such as men and women wandering down the halls, through rooms, and children, as well as bloody Japanese soldiers. Yeah. Creepy. Uh, Mary King's Close in Edinburgh, Scotland is number 13 on the list. Hauntings here have been reported as far back as the 17th century, making this one of the most enduringly haunted places in the world. It said enduringly. I'm not really sure why, but um, evidently it's not as old as some of the other places, but these apparitions endure. Um, it's supposedly composed of a series of underground streets and tunnels that lead to various businesses and homes in the 16th and 17th centuries. As the plague broke out here, it was abandoned, but apparently many spirits of plague victims and past residents still remain in this tunnel. So underground streets and tunnels leading to businesses is Mary King's Close. Um, anyway, footsteps seem to follow close behind people that go through the tunnel as well as disembodied voices, apparitions, and a little girl named Annie. Just random. Nope. A little girl. Nope. I can't handle the little kids. No. That's little, creepy. Little, little ghosty kids, not so much. Um, no, thanks. Number 14 is the Highgate Cemetery in London. This um, supposedly was established in 1839, and it is the final resting place for over 170,000 people. And it's been the site of numerous supernatural reports. Surprise, surprise, the cemetery being haunted. Whoa. Not surprising. But it's also <laughs> the famous sighting of the Highgate Vampire. Um, the location for that. And a tall man in a long, dark coat and a top hat with a terrifying gaze is said to wander around that area. Um, but apparitions include various dark figures, ominous glowing eyes, and a crazed old woman who runs through the graves, apparently looking for the children she murdered. No idea who that could possibly be, but just a crazed old woman. So, um, number 15 is Greyfriars Kirkland Kirkyard in Edinburgh, Scotland. 
super creepy. Uh, the main paranormal occurrences in the cemetery are attributed to what has been dubbed the Mackenzie Poltergeist. After Sir George Mackenzie, his mausoleum was broken into by ho- by homeless men. <laughs> what? Extreme what? supernatural occurrences began to take place after that. Visitors would leave with scratches, bruises, and sometimes even broken fingers. Anyway, 200 people have blacked out in the cemetery since the mausoleum was broken into. Yeah, that's creepy. So just you randomly black out. <laughs> Maybe you got choked out by a ghost. I'm not really sure. Um, number 16 is the Forbidden City in Beijing, China. Um, home to the Chinese royalty for centuries, this impressive imperial complex was also the site of a, a long string of murders over the years. From calculated assassinations to crimes of passion. Many apparitions have been cited by tourists, staff, and guards, ranging from former concubines to supposed royalty. Sounds pretty interesting. Um, I think no matter what continent you go on, there's always intrigue when it comes to royal families and people trying to take power um, to control countries. So it's no surprise that China also has this. Um, The next location, number 17, is also, it's in Hong Kong. And it is the Sai Ying Pun Community Complex. It is the operating as at first as a nurse's facility, then as a mental asylum. This combination oh, of 19 and 21st century buildings has its fair share of haunts. The most notable notable apparition appears as sort of devil in traditional Chinese clothes who bursts into flames. Hmm. Oh, other <laughs> other sightings report headless specters that roam the halls at night. I can't with the headlessness. What is that? Um, I don't know. The next location is in um, Japan, um, and it's Okaiako. It's A-O-K-I-G-A-H-A-R-A in Mount Fuji, Japan. And it is the Sea of Trees, but it's also called the Sea of Trees, where hundreds of people have committed suicide. I don't know if you've heard. This one's actually pretty famous um, because it's this forest in the middle of Japan where hundreds of people have committed suicide. Some, many Japanese describe this as a place of demons, but people go out there to kill themselves. It's super creepy. I would not want to go there in the daylight, let alone in the dark. But um, then we head back to the U.S. for number 19. It's the Myrtles Plantation in Louisiana. Now, most plantations have a checkered past, thanks to their association with slavery, but this 18th century plantation stands above the rest. Several occupants and their children have died here, either from disease or murder. It is also rumored that the slave was lynched here after poisoning some of the family. Several distinct apparitions have appeared here, either walking through the house or across the grounds. Not surprising, um, given the amount of abuse and neglect and harm done to so many people that lived in those places that they would be haunted by the apparitions of those poor people. Um, Number 20 goes back across the water to the Hellfire Club in Dublin, Ireland. Used by the Irish Hellfire Club in the early 18th century, this former hunting lodge was reputedly the site of various satanic rituals, including black masses and animal sacrifices. It's used by the club. It's used by the club diminished after a mysterious fire. It is said to be haunted by former members of the club, as well as being the domain of the devil. No thanks. Pass. Hard pass. I'll pass. <laughs> the next location is this. Gurid Inn in Wales. Apparently, I'm sure I mispronounced that. It's S-K-I-R-R-I-D. We're going to be mispronouncing a lot of stuff on here. Sorry oh, we're really good at it. It's <laughs> fine. Anyway, this is apparently the site of numerous hangings over the centuries. It's a little inn in Wales that sports a great deal of paranormal activity. Objects are suddenly thrown across the room. Apparitions are seen. Extreme drops in temperature are felt, and then there's the sensation of a noose slipping around your neck. That sounds like fun. Oh, just a little massage, a little noose massage. No thanks. Um, Right? Number 22 is Rose Hall in Montego Bay, Jamaica. The legend surrounding this former plantation house, yet again, another plantation house, is one of its owners used to practice voodoo. She used to kill several husbands as well as numerous slaves. The house is now reportedly haunted by their spirits as well as hers. Okay. Right. Number 23, the world's most haunted places, is St. Augustine Lighthouse in Florida, which 
interestingly enough, when I was in Orlando, St. Augustine was recommended as an awesome place to go visit because the food and the culture and the history, but I never heard anything about this lighthouse being haunted. But supposedly it was built in 1874, still a functioning lighthouse today, but became the home of several spirits over the course of history. The ghosts of two little girls have been seen throughout the lighthouse. So too has been a woman who's seen heard, seen and heard crying and asking for help, and a former lighthouse keeper who frequents the basement. Hmm. Scary stuff happening in the basement. Ooh, surprise, surprise. Big surprise. There's right. something happening in the basement. Uh, for this next look, right? For this next location, we go to Cal Long Beach, California, and it is the Queen Mary Hotel. Um, once a transatlantic ocean liner and now a permanently moored hotel in California, the Queen Mary has been touted as one of the country's most haunted hotels. Taking Have you heard of this place? No. Taking into account its bevy of ghosts, it's not hard to see why. Two different women drowned in the ship's first-class pool, and now their ghosts are often seen there. Various apparitions have been seen throughout the bar and lounge areas, most in period dress. One particular room, B340, displayed a great deal of activity and is no longer available. So they're like, this is just way too scary. Can't have people in there losing their shit <laughs> on a regular basis, so we have to close this down. Um, number 25 is the Beechwood Lunatic Asylum in Victoria, Australia. It opened in 1867. This asylum was open to literally everyone, from patients admitted to by family to those found wandering the streets, as well as the criminally insane. And back in the day, it, it's crazy. Mental health, we think it's bad now, but back then they combined everything and just threw them into this one spot together. And it was pretty scary, I can imagine. But for well over a century, this institution proved to be the final stop for many people before entering the afterlife. Um, several different apparitions have been reported here from the... S from the cellars to the uppermost parts of the buildings. Disembodied screams are often heard, and heavy doors are seen to open and slam shut of their own accord. Creepy! Um, number 26 is the Airedale Mental Hospital in Victoria, Australia. So it seems like there's a lot of these mental hospitals on this list. Unsurprising. Um, this particular hospital was in operation for over 130 years. It housed some of Britain's most of Britain's worst mental cases and was known in its early years for inhumane psychiatric treatments and experiments. Thousands died here, and many of them have stayed behind in spirit form. Various apparitions have also been reported, some of who watch people as they roam the extensive complex. The feeling of being touched as well as sudden sensations of pain have also been reported. Fun. Sounds like an awesome place to go. I who think wants that's to go to a mental asylum? Let's do this. Uh, number 27 is the Bang Bangar. It's B-H-A-N-G-A-R-H fort in Bangahar, Bangahar, India. I, I'm sure I'm probably mispronouncing that. I apologize. Built in the early 1600s by King by one of the kings there, this fort protected a small city of roughly 10,000 people and included a royal palace. According to legend, a sorcerer fell in love with the king's daughter, and in the process of trying to seduce her, he died. He died, cursing the town to be destroyed. Shortly thereafter, an invading army destroyed the fort and killed virtually everyone who lived there. Locals refused to live anywhere near the ruins and have ensured that it's closed after dark due to the presence of various ghosts that have been reported roaming the complex. There have also been people at the fort at night who turn up dead in the morning. Hmm. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Nope. <laughs> not staying there after dark. That's not going to happen. Number 28 is the Chateau de Chateaubriand. I'm sure I mispronounce it. In France. Um, dating back to the 11th century, this castle has experienced a rather turbulent past filled with war and murder. In the early 16th century, the wife of the castle's owner died here, and many from that period all the way to today say that she was murdered by her husband due to an affair with the King of France. Ooh. It is said that every October 16th, the anniversary of her death, a bloodstain appears in her room, and her ghost is often seen wandering the castle. Right. Well, you know, you're going to mess around like that, and you have to take the consequences, because messing mm -hmm. around with someone that powerful, oof, that was a doozy back then. It was a sure sign that something, something was going to go down. Yeah, you're going to lose your head. 
Probably. Do people see her without her head? Um, it doesn't say. Surprise. Doesn't say. Um, number twenty nine is the Paris Catacombs in Paris, France. Contains the bones of thousands of people. These catacombs were never really meant to house human remains, but due to an overcrowded cemetery, um, the overcrowded conditions in cemeteries in the eighteenth century, many remains were lo- relocated to the spiderweb tunnels beneath the city. While the bones were laid out in artful arrangements, stories of discontented spirits abound. People have reported seeing apparitions as well as being touched or shoved, and some have disappeared within the catacombs altogether. Yeah, you know, with all the plagues and illnesses and stuff where just hundreds and hundreds of people died, they really, I think, had some issues back in the day finding enough space to bury them in cemeteries in some places. So it's interesting when you have these catacombs that are filled with bones of people. super creepy because it's all like underground so anyway number 30 is the final location on our list and i'm not really sure if this is one being the scariest and 30 being the least scary but number 30 is the musham castle in salzburg austria this 12th century castle was the site of countless executions of women condemned of witchcraft in the middle ages as a result, many of these women have come to haunt the castle in spirit form with apparitions ranging from sad to angry ones, and even a few headless individuals were included in this. Many people <laughs> reported hearing voices and screams, as well as particular spirit that tends to hound visitors in an attempt to make them leave. Whoa. Right? They just want to be left alone. They're like, get out. Yeah, so that's um, pretty preptastic. Um, what do you have for me, Miss Katrina? What's what topic have you picked out this week? Have you been to the Oxford Tavern? Yes. In Snohomish? That place is supposed to be super haunted. I, Mike and I went there yeah. when we were visiting last year. You went there? Supposedly Did the you bathroom. see the doll? I didn't see the doll, but supposedly when you go downstairs to the bathroom on the, the basement level, it's supposed to be haunted down there. Yeah, I went there this last week. And so they do have, like, this doll hanging from the ceiling, and it kind of feels like her eyes are always, like, following you. Super creepy. It's got kind of a creepy feel to it. Um, The Oxford, was. it looks like it was established in 1910. Okay. Uh, The gem of historic Snohomish is the Oxford Saloon. It was built in 1900 and for a decade was known as Blackman's Dry Goods Store. It then became a saloon, and over the years... Hang on. So, just as a point of reference for the the listeners, Snohomish, Washington is the town where Katrina and I grew up. Blackman is the name of many different locations within that particular uh, little town. It's an antique-type town, a very old and historic town. But there's Blackman's Lake... There's a couple of other places that are named after this family that settled in the area back in the early 1900s, late 1800s. So anyway, continue, please. On you. It then became a saloon, and over the years it has changed owners and uses, but each owner incorporated Oxford in its name. When it was remodeled as a saloon, the owners added vestibule, to the entrance with a stairway leading to several rooms on the second floor. These were supposed to be boarding house rooms, but there are rumors that a prominent local business businesswoman named Kathleen or Catherine rented rented them as a high class bordello. Nice. She did not go into the saloon, but kept an office at the local Eagles Lodge, where she made reservations for her high toned clientele. Over the years, the Oxford Salon Saloon was often the scene of violence, especially around the basement. A here we go again. That's that basement theme. A men's card room and the bar. One well-documented killing was that of a policeman named Henry. He was a regular at the Oxford and may have moonlighted as a bouncer. One night there was a fight, and when Henry attempted to break it up, he was knifed and died. Henry, I know, Henry seemed to have stuck around and actually enjoys certain aspects of his ghosthood. He hangs out around the stairs leading to the basement and has been seen many times in the ladies' restroom. Oh! He needs to stop with that. He does not need to be hanging out in the ladies' restroom. I don't know. Have you seen that that. restroom? It's super tiny. 
So like, I have not gone in there. Yeah, it's super, super small. It's like literally the size of a bathroom stall. And like, you can barely sit down on the toilet and shut the door. It's it's very small. And, and all wood. I've heard... Okay, so I did go down the stairs, down to the basement area, because there's, there's like two bars in there, and there's one up yeah. above, and then there's one down below, and we did go down there, and we were talking about how there have been um, rumors of somebody pushing on yeah. people as they're walking down the stairs. I didn't experience that when I went there. I held onto the rails hella tight. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to push down those stairs. I was like, no, you're not pushing me today. I'm good. Not today, ghosties. Thanks, ghosties, but no thanks. Yeah, not going to happen today. <laughs> but, go ahead. The second floor of the Oxford is now rented out as offices, but at least three ghosts seem to remain from the Oxford's darker days. One is a man in a bowler hat. And the others are two women. Some people believe one is Kathleen, who eventually lived upstairs. She is seen as an older woman dressed in a purple dress with purple bows. The other woman is Amelia, one of the cat, one of Kathleen's girls who had been forced into prostitution. Her dead body was found curled up in her closet. Who's in this? Yeah, there's pictures on the website. Yeah, it's the Oxford Salon Saloons. Saloon, sorry, Snohomish.com. So I'm gonna try to pull some of those and like post them um, in the note in the show notes. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, because they have a couple of they have a couple of the pictures on the website. Bear with us. This podcast thing, like we are working, working, working to try to keep everything up to date to try to provide all the normal things from a podcast. But being that we are beginners. You'll have to excuse our speed because we're doing all of this ourselves right now until we build the audience and then we'll be able to hire somebody to help us. But in the meantime, we're doing it all ourselves on top of our normal jobs and lives. So <laughs> please forgive us. Anyway, go ahead. Another oh, At the end of the investigation, one group member used the bathroom. As he was relieving himself, he heard a man's voice whisper in his ear, Get out. Oh my gosh, that is the worst. That's that so well me out the most because when you're going to the bathroom, you're so vulnerable. Yeah. And then he says, remembering to zip up his pants, the man did as he asked. He was asked, and in the future, he always remembered to go before he arrived at the Oxford Salon. Nice. Saloon. Sorry, saloon. Salon. Same difference, right? Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah. Is that the end of the article? Yeah. So if you folks are ever in Snohomish, Washington, we highly, highly, highly encourage you to go visit the Oxford Saloon. Um, It's got some really cool architecture, some neat history. It's got an old uh, tin man, an old tin knight kind of suit of armor, and just some really cool stuff. It's got a super Mm -hmm. cool vibe. Definitely one of the fun local places to hang out. We highly recommend it. Go check it out. First Street is one of the, it's so historical, it has so many amazing like little antique shops that you can find so many spooky, creepy, ghosty type things. That town just in itself, um, for the listeners that don't really know about it, it is a very historic town. Many of the homes that are there were built in the late 1800s, early 1900s, so stuff is 100 years old or older. Um, sometimes in the summer you can go on a historical homes tour and see some of the old homes um, that the original owners and builders and founders of Snohomish created. It is pretty awesome. If you drive down D Street, you can also see some of those beautiful historic homes. It is a gorgeous area to go to. I would recommend it in the spring, summer, or fall. Not so much in the winter. It is cold and gloomy then. But um, in any case, we are going to jump right into the next topic for today, which is the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh. And I don't know um, if you know anything about that particular location, but it is in San Jose um, in the Silicon Valley. Um, it is called the Winchester Mystery House. Um, and it was once the personal residence. I got this information from Wikipedia, by the way, one of my favorite informational um, locations, and it has been since it pretty much came out. 
Um, although you do have to take information from Wikipedia with a grain of salt, sometimes there's inaccuracies and they try to have people correct it, but sometimes certain things pop up that may not necessarily be true. So please take this information with a grain of salt as well, because I do believe there are various stories um, with respect to Sarah Winchester on many different sites and who knows what's actually the truth. And I'll kind of get into that more in a moment, but it was once the personal residence of Sarah Winchester, who was the widow of firearm magnet, William Wirt Winchester, who created the Winchester rifle. Um, this is a queen Anne style Victorian mansion that is renowned for its size, its architectural curiosities and its lack of any master building plan. It is a designated California historical landmark and is listed in the National Register of Historic Places. I have never been there, but I have driven past it several times. It is actually very spectacular. I would love, they do tours that go through this place. Um, it is privately owned now by a foundation, I believe, and it serves as a tourist attraction where you can see many parts of the house. I do not believe that you can see all of it. Um, and then certain levels of tours, more expensive ones, you can go to some of the more less traveled areas. But it was first constructed in 1884, and it is claimed to be haunted by the ghosts of those killed with Winchester rifles. This was kind of like the legend um, that folks had when Sarah Winchester was there and after. Um, the construction... Because of the fact that it, that it was supposed to be haunted by all, that Sarah Winchester was haunted by all these people that were killed by Winchester rifles, she thought that if construction proceeded around the clock without interruption, then she could kind of hide or run away from these ghosts or the ghosts would be appeased. Um, it's kind of the legend that uh, this construction that she continued all throughout her life in this home, that it was supposedly to chase away these ghosts of the people who were killed by Winchesters. So she died in September 5th, 1922, and that's when the construction stopped um, on the home. But her biographer says that she routinely dismissed workers for months at a time to take some rest. And that actually that kind of flies in the face of a claim that this was like a ceaseless work for 38 years. But I also heard some various different rumors on that as well. And you also got to take keep in mind as well that news reporting and news stories back in that area in that particular time were not necessarily that accurate. Not that they're any more accurate now, but there was a lot of conjecture and speculation and just opinions by people that actually got published back then as true stories. So I think that a lot of people had opinions about Sarah Winchester and sort of gave those opinions um, in newspaper articles. Um, and not all of them were true. But she had hundreds of workers living there. She had 13 bathrooms, which were all functional. Um, they were later disconnected as the tours went on. Um, but she had a window for a nurse to check on her. Interesting. But um, what? supposedly this all started. Her husband died of tuberculosis in 1881. And at that time, she inherited more than $20.5 million dollars. That's a lot. It's the equivalent of $532 million in 2018. She also received nearly 50% of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, giving her an income roughly of about $1,000 a day. It's equivalent to about twenty-six grand in 2018. These inheritances gave her a tremendous amount of wealth, which she used to fund the ongoing construction. So I don't know if you know a lot about rifles or the Winchester rifle, but it was the the, supposedly the first repeating action firearm and in previous um, models of rifles and firearms they had to stop and reload it and this one could continuously shoot, I don't know if it was 10 or 15 rounds of bullets so it kind of changed the nature of warfare in that previously shooters would be on the ground shooting and then as soon as they got off of two shots or whatever they'd have to stand up and reload their rifle and then get back down again and once they stood up to reload their rifle they became vulnerable and so it made warfare kind of a different sort of deal but when you had the winchester rifle people were able to shoot continuously with and, and forgive me if i don't know exactly how many rounds but 15 rounds or so and it sort of changed the way people were able to fight so you could go kill the same number of people that 15 men took, you know, 
previously. So it allowed men to kind of become sort of like an army unto themselves. And so this was a very interesting development. Um, they used a little bit of it in the Civil War, but it didn't catch on, I think, quite as much until after it, because Mr. Winchester tried to get a government contract to provide the rifles for soldiers during the war, and that didn't really happen. But many men purchased this with their own money to use in the, the Civil War. So I found that very interesting. There was a, there's a very interesting um, podcast on um, criminal with Phoebe Judge that talks about Sarah Winchester, and I was just fascinated hearing about it because to me she is kind of the epitome of a strong, opinionated woman who did what she wanted and everybody else be damned. Um, and she had money and she she did what she wanted. And that was, you know, building. And they said that her and her husband prior to his death had really enjoyed architecture and building and that her um, continuing to build on the Winchester mansion after his death was sort of a tribute to him and sort of her wanting to reconnect with him despite the fact that he was gone and to continue that thing that they enjoyed so that she could remember him which was very, very interesting. But the tabloids from that time said that after her infant daughter died of an illness um, where the body wasted away and her husband died of tuberculosis, that the Boston medium told her, supposedly channeled her late husband, that she should leave her home in New Haven, Connecticut, which is where she originally was from. She was supposedly the belle of New Haven. She was, I've seen some pictures of her when she was younger and she was quite pretty. Um, very kind of snappy, dark eyes, dark hair, very just, she was, I'd say kind of curvy, but she was still very attractive, I thought. Uh, but the this medium supposedly told her to travel west, where she must continuously build a home for herself and the spirits of the people who had fallen victim to the Winchester Rifles. And again, this is tabloid speculation. There's no evidence that she provided that says that this was the actual truth. But she headed for New, left New Haven and headed for California. Um, and it, some people think it's possible she was simply seeking a change of location and a hobby for her lengthy depression. Because obviously she lost her baby and she lost her spouse that she truly loved. And like, what else was she going to do? She didn't want to remarry. She had she was independently wealthy. So what was she going to spend her time on? Um, and then people kind of speculate with respect to the ghosts saying that that was her reasoning, but there's no real evidence that that is the case either. Um, she could have just wanted to be creative, was having fun with it. Some people say she kind of was doing it in sort of a tongue-in-cheek kind of way, that she kind of had a sense of humor about it. But in 1884, she purchased an unfinished farmhouse in the Santa Clara Valley, which is the San Jose area, and began building her mansion. So this started out as a farmhouse and she kind of built onto it and created this home, this Winchester mystery mansion. But carpenters were hired and worked on the house day and night until it became a seven story mansion. She did not use an architect and added onto the building in a haphazard fashion. So she basically created these blueprints her, herself, but she had many different things in it that are very curious. Numerous oddities like doors and stairs that go to nowhere, windows overlooking other rooms and stairs with odd sized risers. If you go to the website for the Winchester Mystery Mansion, they show you all the images of these, and it's really, really interesting. Very beautifully constructed, but just some, some of it just doesn't make sense to the way people think things are supposed to be. But um, many attribute these oddities to her belief in ghosts, um, and then some people even say the house is haunted today, and they can feel it, but I'm not sure that that's actually the case either. Um, Perhaps just speculation as well, but before the 1906 earthquake, the house had been seven stories high and carpenters may have been brought in initially to repair damages caused by the quake. So there's a big earthquake in the San Francisco Bay Area in 1906 that created some damage. Today, it only has four stories. So the house is predominantly made of redwood and Miss Winchester preferred that particular type of wood, but she disliked the look of it. So she demanded that faux grain and stain were applied. That is why almost all of the wood in the home is covered. So it's really interesting. So there is approximately 20,500 gallons of paint were required to paint the house. Um, the house itself was built using a floating foundation and is believed to have been saved from total collapse in the 1906 earthquake and the 1989 Loma Prita earthquake. This type of construction allows the home to shift freely and it is not completely attached to a brick base. There are roughly 161 rooms, including 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, 
one completed and one unfinished, as well as 47 fireplaces, over 10,000 panes of glass, 17 chimneys with evidence of two others, two basements, and three elevators. The property was about 162 acres at one time, but the estate has since been reduced to 4.5 acres because it's in the middle of the city. So obviously that land is pretty premium. But um, the minimum uh, necessary to contain a house and nearby outbuildings was at 4.5 acres. It has gold and silver chandeliers, hand-inlaid parquet floors and trim, and a vast array of colors and materials were used for the construction of the home. Um, due to Miss Winchester's debilitating arthritis, special day riser stairways were installed as a replacement for her original steep construction. This allowed her to move about her home freely as she was only able to rise each. So it just sounds like stairs were not good for her. She wasn't able to handle those too well with arthritis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, there was only one working toilet for her. All the other restrooms were decoys to confuse spirits. This is also what? Reason, this is also the reason why she slept in different rooms each night. So, again, I think that's speculation. Although there is some evidence that she had mediums and did seances and things like that as well. Um, so it, it's likely that th- that may have been a, a, a belief of hers, but. Um, the home's conveyances were rare at the time of the construction. This included steam and forced air heating, modern indoor toilets and plumbing, push-button gas lights, and she had her own, and this was the only one in the home, hot shower from indoor plumbing. There were also three elevators, including an Otis Electric and one which was powered by a rare horizontal hydraulic elevator piston. Most are uh, vertical to save space. So she uh, preferred the improved functionality of the horizontal configuration. Was she maybe a little bit crazy? Well, they said she was very eccentric. Um, but I wonder I if she, she was she, like, if she were to be officially a diet, if she... No, but uh, think about it, though. She lost her, the man she loved, who was the love of her life, and she lost her baby. Wouldn't you be sad? I mean, those are terrible, terrible things to experience. I just think that from what you're describing, it sounds like she was a little bit off. She was a little eccentric. But when she died, all of her possessions, apart from the house, were bequeathed to her niece and personal secretary. Her niece took everything she wanted and sold the rest in a private auction. It supposedly took six trucks working eight hours a day for six weeks to remove all the furniture from the home. Um, Miss Winchester made no mention of the mansion in her will, and appraisers considered the house worthless due to the damage caused by the earthquake. The unfinished design and the impractical nature of its construction were also considered in the valuing of nothing. It was sold at auction to a local investor for over $135,000 and subsequently leased for 10 years to John and Mamie Brown, who eventually purchased the home. In February 1923, five months after Winchester's death, the house was open to the public. And the wife, Mamie Brown, served as the first tour guide. Today, the home is owned by Winchester Investments, a privately held company representing the descendants of John and Mamie Brown. So it wasn't even the descendants of Sarah Winchester, because she didn't have any surviving children. So it was basically, you know, relatives from her family that inherited her things. But the home today retains unique touches that reflect Miss Winchester's beliefs and her reported preoccupation with warding off malevolent spirits. Um, the spirits are said to have directly inspired her in the way the house should be built. The number 13 and spiderweb motifs throughout carry spiritual significance for her and occur throughout the house. In the early 1900s, the Winchester property had a psych, uh, bunch of paranormal folks and investigators that went on an investigation for 30 days to report the haunting phenomena on the property. Um, it doesn't really say here what exactly they found, but in 2016, it was announced that another room was found, an attic space that contains a pump organ, a Victorian couch, dress form, sewing machine, and paintings. The room was made available for viewing by the public at that time. Um, very interesting. Um, it's a very spectacular, huge home that's kind of sparked a lot of speculation and sort of been the center of creative 
juices for a lot of folks who have made. There's a movie coming out, I believe, with Helen Mirren. I want to say. Um, I don't know if that's this year or next year or if it's already come out, but it's supposedly one that talks about Sarah Winchester. But I really have to say that a lot of the rumors and, and speculation about her from tabloids and things of the time, evidently her biographer and people that knew her a little better said that she was very reclusive. She didn't want to talk to the press. She didn't want to be involved in it because they were always telling lies about her and she just refused to engage with them and did her own thing. And that kind of made her a target. So of course they're going to say all kinds of crazy, bad, scary, weird, funky things about her because she didn't want to do what they wanted her to. So I have to believe that a lot of the, stuff that's written about her and articles and whatnot i don't think most of it was probably very accurate well that makes sense i think that that house would be quite fascinating to take a tour of i would love to do that someday i'm gonna grab my boyfriend and make him take me there maybe we'll have to it's pretty it's a pretty huge beautiful house and i can't believe that it, it i mean it used to be seven stories and now it's only three so i just there's a lot of pictures on the website of what it looked like at seven stories and what it looks like now and it goes into the rooms and the exterior and the interior and all the little intricacies with just windows and designs and all sorts of cool things in this house that just are very, very interesting and fascinating. Bizarre little details. Doors that go nowhere. So I hate to do this um, to you folks, but it looks like we're going to need to wrap this up because we're about at an hour now. Um, so this is where we say goodbye. So long farewell. I realize Katrina only got to do one topic today, but we will definitely have to continue with another ghost episode because we loved talking about this and it is just so fascinating and interesting. Katrina, what do you think? Another yeah, episode? I, like, I like talking about the ghosties. Yeah, we definitely have to get into this as well as aliens. So we won't forget that. But okay, folks, this is where we say goodbye for now. So long, farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe. For comments, questions, and suggestions, you can contact us at thebfdpodcast at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-B-F-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. We love your emails. You can send us suggestions, comments, questions, corrections. We're there for you guys. Please email us. We love getting your emails. And join us again next week when we talk about more weird, wacky, and wild stuff. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe, keep it real, and always live your best life. Bye. Bye.